which is I did last week talking about all things polycystic ovary syndrome. If that's you and you feel like um, you're in the middle of trying to figure out how to live with that diagnosis, I hope that she was able to offer you um, some reprieve, some encouragement, some things that you could build into your life to help you um, try and live well, live fully in the middle of polycystic ovary syndrome um, and all that that entails. If you haven't, do me a favor, if you would, subscribe, share this. There are one in eight or one in six, depending on where you get your infertility statistics, one in four people dealing with miscarriage. Help me get this out so that we can just be an encouragement to other people going through this um, dreadfully lonely season um, of infertility and or miscarriage. Today, I have my favorite guest of all. I have my husband here with me. Say hi, Tyler, to everybody. Hey, everybody. So good to be here. Yes. This is his third time being here. Um, I like to bring him in just to give a voice to the men. Um, maybe he can throw me under the bus a little bit of how I could have done things better because there's a lot about that. Uh, he's shaking his head. It's a good answer. Um, I've heard from a lot of you and especially the men who show up in my office just saying that, Tyler, you've been an encouragement to them and giving a voice to this in an otherwise um, over-feminine conversation that's had around infertility. And so today, y'all, what we want to talk about, I think, is something that is an oversight a lot of times um, in the middle of infertility, and that's just how we relate to our partner on a level of friendship. And so I just want to talk about connect points for friendship, dating, why it's important. You know, infertility, as I've said before, is the first kind of life crisis that we encounter together as a couple. I know that it was for us. By the time that we had gotten infertility, my grandmother had passed and his uncle had passed around really in the same month's time. Um, And we grieved with each other, but for each other, not for the same thing together. Infertility and a recurrent miscarriage was the thing that we really dealt with together, as I'm sure a lot of you are are in that season together for the first time. Piggybacking off of dating, engagement for some, marriage for for some, infertility creeps in and, and gives us horse blinders and focuses on stuff that we just don't We just don't enjoy doing a lot of the things that we used to do. I can say, and I think Tyler, you can admit to this, is we really surrendered a lot of our fun to infertility. I uh, was just sitting here thinking, one of the really fun things that we did, and we haven't talked about this in forever. We used to play tennis all the time. (laughs) We were so bad, you guys. It was awful. Speak for yourself. Okay. No, I will we speak were, we were. for us as a marriage. We were very bad. But we really enjoyed that. And right. that was something that we had fun doing on a regular basis. And from infertility to miscarriage to all the physical pain and stuff that it brought you. Yeah. And on top of, you know, torn rotator cuff and all that jazz for me. But like, we just got away from that. And that yeah. was one of the things that we just, we had a lot of fun doing. And I would say infertility stole that. Um, I mean, it, it was almost an abrupt stop wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And there was nothing that we could do about that. But over time, you know, we we never got back to that. And I don't know if we ever really replaced that. Um, But here's what I want us to imagine. (laughs) What if we tried to do that now? 
I'd have I'd have a surgery <laughs> I'd have a surgery scheduled within a couple of weeks for sure. And I would not be able to move after 14 years later us playing tennis would be hilarious. So picture that. Um, but you're so right. And I hear that from so many people, you know, in counseling, I'll, I'll say to somebody, when was the last time you and your spouse, your partner did anything fun together? When was the last time you went out and like flirted rather than had an intentional business meeting about infertility and the amount of people that just say, I don't know what we do for, for fun anymore. Yeah. And I re- even remember that, you know, those first few years, obviously we got married fairly quick. And so in that first year, so we're still kind of feeling each other out, getting to know each other, learning about each other's past. It just, we had fun doing that. Like our dates were still just getting to know one another. And they were flirty. Yeah. They yeah. were flirty. They were fun. Yeah. It was, we were truly still dating while married. That's true. And yet infertility hits and even when there was a date, it wasn't fun anymore. It became, right. it became a business meeting every time uh, in, the, in that season to just, it, it was talking about what was at hand, what we were experiencing instead of just having fun together. Or we, really I, was just really sad. Like there was this dark cloud over us and it was, it was heavy, it was hard. It wasn't fun. It wasn't, let's just be real. It wasn't hot. No, not at all. Um, and I would say we tried, we made an effort. Um, we still did our date nights. Yeah. We made an effort with the date nights, but I don't think we ever made an effort to say like, we've got to shelve this stuff. Yeah. Um, it, that doesn't make it go away. That doesn't mean that we're ignoring it. That just means we've got to, we've got to focus our minds and our hearts on each other and, and have fun together and explore so, each other and just enjoy each other. For yeah. A bit. So let's let that have, let's let that be point. Number one, we have to take it off the table. Sometimes mm-hmm. when we're going out, I don't think we give ourselves permission as people in the middle of infertility to say, we're going to leave that at home. When we go out on a date, when I propose that idea to couples, they say, what are we going to talk about? That's the point right? What are we going to do? I feel guilty having fun after a loss. I feel like I can't go out because what if I run into a pregnant person? Plus we're living in the day and age of COVID. At least we didn't have to do that um, when we were trying to conceive. But what if you wanted, or you, you planned a date and it was fun. It was, it wasn't just dinner. It wasn't just sitting across the table from each other, but it was one of those things that, and this is kind of point number two, what did you guys used to do for fun pre-infertility? Like as Tyler identified, we played tennis. We, what else did we do outside a lot? We would, we'd hang out, but it was more like us spending time together, us getting to know each other. And part of the thing that attracted us to each other was our senses of humor and ability to laugh together. There was no laughing in the middle of infertility. Right. And so if we were, if we could have gone back and done this all again, what I would have suggested for ourselves, had I had the wherewithal to do it then was like, let's go to dinner and let's talk about things that like, let's people watch and have fun doing that. Like, let's, let's play a game. Let's talk about something else. Let's find out dirty secrets about each other. What's the most embarrassing thing you did. And then instead of doing 
you know, just going home and being like, oh, poor as us, right? Like, let's go play top golf. Let's go to the movies. Let's go listen to live music. Maybe not everybody lives in Nashville and yeah, And we used to be in Cornfield, Ohio, where there wasn't a lot of fun to do. So you yeah. kind of had to make your own fun. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're in an area, obviously, where there's a lot of fun to be had, that's that's a lot easier. Come to Nashville. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, one of the big things is when you do this, you've got to set aside expectations that the other should, that that your partner should talk about this stuff. Like, that you wouldn't go home afterwards saying, we're in the midst of, you know, we're in the throes of all this difficulty and they didn't even bring it up. Like, do they even care? I think we've got to be able to set that stuff aside and say like, for this date, for this time. Oh, this is totally this, discussed before. Like, yeah. That you got to discuss before say, this is not to be brought up so that one of you isn't coming home wounded saying like, does he not even care that we're going so, through this right, right now? Right. And so that's got to be talked about. Say like, we both know what's going on. We would just obviously acknowledge it. It's there, but for the next three hours or whatever it is, we're just going to go have fun. And that doesn't mean that it goes away and it disappears. It's there obviously, but do whatever you can to enjoy one another, to enjoy that moment. Just laugh together, have fun. together. Yeah. That was a major oversight on my part. I should have communicated this to make these plans. This has to be agreed upon ahead of time. This has to be a mutual agreement where you say, we're going out. We're going to be just the two of us. We're going to have fun. We're going to flirt. And we're just going to leave this at home so that we can just be the two of us. I mean, ideally, this is the last time in your life that you are without children. Let this be the time where you go out and have this fun. You have the spontaneous adventures. You book the overnight just in a hotel just because you can. You have the fun because eventually, and it's going to be fun then. The, the transition to parenthood is fun. There's a whole new level of emotional intimacy, relational intimacy that is going to come then. But you are not going to be going out. You're not going to be able to do anything spontaneous. You're not going to go for those long adventures. Your adventures now are going to be like, oh my gosh, we took our baby to the park. Something else. So we're talking about date nights. We also live in the middle of COVID. Something else that is important, I think, and well, not I think because research substantiates this, but healthy relationships are reported through the Gottman Institute to have a higher level of satisfaction if we make daily connect points. So it's not just when you can squeeze in a date night or when you're willing to go out and like risk getting COVID. What are your daily connect points like? Do you guys just come together and talk about, you know, who has to give the shot when or when the next appointment is or who did acupuncture or took the Clomid today? What is so important, and, and let's just be honest, even without infertility, you know, at the beginning of your relationship, you talk about everything so intimate at the end of the day. There's these connect points because you're so excited as newlyweds to spend all this time together. The normal trajectory of a marriage is that you spend less time together and then you throw in infertility and you, you spend less intentional time together. And the time that you do spend together is talking about who you don't have in your home with you. 
So the research says if you can spend 15 minutes a night together face-to-face, putting down the phone, turning off the television, it's college football season. So yes, even on Saturdays and Sundays. (laughs) Tyler's like, well. Uh, I'm joking. I know. Kind of. I know. No, I'm (laughs) But having those connect points are important. For example, at our uh, my bridal shower, we played one of those games and it was all about like how well I knew Tyler. And one of the questions was, who's his favorite actor? Because we had spent so much time when we were dating and engaged, just talking, just enjoying each other, just getting to know the intricacies of each other. Um, I knew who his favorite actor was. Do you remember who it was? I know. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, then it was Morgan Freeman, I guess. Morgan Freeman is who he said. And I don't know why. Maybe we had just seen a movie or something like that. But that's who he put down. I'm sure I got it wrong. Um, No, I did get that one right. But you know what, you guys? I could not tell you who his favorite actor right now is. I know he laughs really hard at Zach Galifianakis. I know. He's a terrible actor, though. He's a terrible actor. He's just funny. He is funny. I know that today Norm MacDonald died. And you've watched a lot of that. And I've walked by his office a couple of times to him wheezing in laughter. But I don't know that that's who you would, who's your, do you have a favorite? I'm not a movie guy. So I don't, he's not a movie no, guy. I wouldn't even say I have a favorite actor, but, but you know, the people that I enjoy listening to her. Yeah. Uh, if I just say the Ohio State Buckeyes, do I win? Sure. Sure. Thank you. But all that to say, that's what we know. I know more of when Tyler threw in the last load of laundry what he's done around the house or what he hasn't done around the house. That's normal unless we make connect points all the time. Connect points mean I also know and want to know why his day at work felt how it did. When he had the meeting, when he got the big contract or whatever, how did that make him feel? What is he excited about? What is he scared about? What, you know, did he feel embarrassed about? What, where did he feel pride? Those daily connection points deepen the level of intimacy. We don't just have to wait for a date night, but also during those times, spend some of those connect points talking. How is infertility making you feel? How do you feel about this upcoming appointment? Where are your nerves? What are you excited about? What does hope feel like for you? Also take it off the table sometimes then and talk about other emotional stuff between the two of you. What did you want to say? I was going to say, there are two things though that I think make this difficult that I think we just need to acknowledge that I don't think this just gives us a pass, but at the same time, it is real. I think number one is guys, we don't do a good job of sharing our emotions typically and and just sharing what's on our heart, uh, talking about, even talking about our day. Um, we're usually not great at that. But the other thing is, and this is very real and we're all experiencing it, it, with infertility, there there is a level of grief uh, that is that you're experiencing in your heart at some level, and in the midst of grief, in the midst of hardship, it is a lot more difficult to to just openly talk about how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, grief can can uh, make us tend to be closed off, um, harden up a little bit, and and not be as open as as normal. And so I think it's one of those where I don't say that that we can use that as an excuse. It is real. 
But I think that these are things that we just have to fight through. And so this is very real. You're experiencing a level of grief. And so it's easier to just kind of shut down. Um, But be, just be mindful. This is your spouse. This is your person. Um, This is your one that, that you get to share your heart with, share your day with, share your experiences with. Mm. Um, And, and that's awesome that we get to do that. Research also says that a six second kiss can bring intimacy. You're having your 15 minutes at the end of the day. You're on your date. You're looking for intimacy. You're trying to grow intimacy in the middle of it. Obviously we have to have a lot of forced sexual intimacy that becomes a lot like a job. We know that we're looking to build intimacy outside of that too. We can have a sex talk another day, build in a six second kiss. It's not just a peck, stay there and linger, take a deep breath, go in for a long one and just don't count and be done at six. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very off-putting for that, your That is also not hot. <laughs> <laughs> but just strive for these points of connection. Now, don't go to your partner if they're not listening to this. And use this as ammunition against them. If you're on a date and she says to you, like, I'm really struggling right now. And you had agreed to take it off the table. Let her be all there. If sometimes you need to have uh, an early bedtime instead of the connect points, have your early bedtime. This isn't a rule book to follow as much as just suggestions this is an ammunition for later or a reason to just elbow your partner right now as you listen to this as you're driving maybe to the fertility clinic and say, look at how we're doing it wrong. Look at, you know, his heart around grief, what she said, whatever. We got it so wrong. A lot of what I say in here, a lot of what the permission slips I want to offer you through this podcast is because I just did it wrong. Yeah, I, I want to echo that um, in no way. Do we ever speak from a platform of like, this is how we did it. We did it right. Now you should do it the same way. (laughs) You get to experience our failures and how we wish we would have done it. And now 10 years later, looking back saying, man, if we would have done it this way, it would have been so much better for us. And so, yeah, this is, this is simply a, our failures to do this right. Mm. That's, that's how this has kind of been born. And so this is hard stuff. This isn't, this isn't easy. Like none of the, nothing that we say here is like, yeah. Why aren't, why aren't we just doing this? This is super easy to do. <laughs> this is all really hard. And you got to work really hard at it and yeah. it takes time. So this date night fun going putt putt and whatever, you know, whatever you do, it's not probably not going to happen tonight or tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to work towards this. You got to talk through this. You got to prepare your heart for this. Right. Um, Cause if you haven't, if it's been a season that you have not just gone and had fun, it's going to take some preparation to get both of you there to go and do this. And, and do it in a way that you're going to enjoy it. So it starts with a conversation. Absolutely. And it starts with intentionality to just say, we want to go deeper in this. And I think it starts with a lot of grace too. When, yeah. when one of you, whoever is listening right now, probably brings it to your partner and says, what do you think about this? The other one says, I'm not ready for that right now to be able to say, okay, um, let's talk about that, about when we will be ready yeah. um, and just show grace in that, that um, their heart may not be ready to just go have fun. And that's okay. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I mean, there were definitely seasons of our own story where if you would have brought like, hey, let's just go play putt-putt, I would have been like... I would have gotten punched in the throat. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Probably. I would have sent and, you with some buddies. And vice versa. Yeah. I wouldn't have hit you, but I would have been like, you know, this is... Like, like I would have really hit you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But uh, yeah, I certainly would have been in places where it's like, no, I don't... Right. Today's not a day to have fun. Or this right. isn't a season. Why would we go have fun? Yeah. Um, but that would, that just I, that goes back to that shows just how hardened and angry my heart was in that time. Uh, that, yeah, that was something we needed to work on. And we probably did like we should have. Luckily, we did a lot of healing. In hindsight, as we, as we sought closure, we found healing. But we definitely do it, didn't do it in the middle of it all. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here. Right. Not to say do what we did, but to say do it better than we did. Absolutely. Guys, make it maybe a priority in the next week or two. Have a conversation. Make a list. What are some fun things that we can bring back into the relationship? What is one small step that we can make? Objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Objects at rest tend to stay in rest. And I really think that momentum exists in relationships too. um, And with all the hard symptoms of infertility. So make it a priority to invest not only in yourself, but in your spouse and in your relationship. Um, Any final thoughts? Go have fun. Oh, I mean, that, I, I don't say that flippantly. Like, this is not a fun season. It's mm. really hard. Going and having fun does not mean that it goes away or that you're ignoring it or anything like that, or you're dismissing that it's there. It's there. It's real. It's hard. But go find fun because you love your spouse. Your spouse loves you. Go enjoy each other. But it's also so that you can enjoy this one shot at life. If you're in your late 20s, early 30s, this is your last chance in that season. You can't take it back. Make some memories. I don't have a lot of fond memories of adventure or whatever from the middle of infertility. I remember pacing by the window waiting for my beta to, you know, the nurse to call the ah. I remember waiting for test results. I remember waiting for the stick to turn, but I don't remember the laughter. I don't remember the, the closeness. And that was our one shot at that season. Like Tyler said, just go have fun. Do better than us. Make the memories, have the fun thrive. That's what I talk about all the time. That's how I close the podcast every time. Go out and thrive. This is just another avenue for you to do that. So as I close, go out and thrive, have fun, plan a date. We'll see you next time.